And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. It is a national championship preview edition. We are at the mercy of Liv Wasserman, though. <laughs> Let's explain this. Ari, you're here, but at any moment, a crying baby could disrupt the show in the show. Nay. I'm show. I'm struggling a little bit, Andy, because uh, I don't know if people care a lot about what's going on in my life right now. But my mother-in-law, sure love you. my mother-in-law got COVID, and she was in our house and exposed the baby to COVID. And then now my fiance is on her deathbed uh, because she's just in really bad shape, and the baby has a ton of congestion. So I had to go to the the doctor's office and this is her first cold and we don't know if it's COVID or not. Uh, but I had my parents flying in to watch the baby while we went to California. So the trip got canceled. Um, my parents came, then they found out that the baby might be the one that's giving COVID. So they had to leave my house. So it's just like me, uh, in a guest room, looking at a baby monitor, praying to God that we can get through this 35 or 45 minutes without her waking up while also terrified of the first cold also being COVID. Cause like, I don't know how you were with your first cold with your baby, but like I'm doing the Frida thing, you know, where you suck the snot out of the nose and you know, I'm doing all that you sort of stuff, much luckier, simpler, more innocent times. There was no pandemic. So it was like, it's a cold with, you know, we're, we're good, but yeah, I, I appreciate, I appreciate you joining us. Sorry. Uh, under these circumstances. And, and again, and this is, we, we've obviously in all seriousness, Ari and I've gone back and forth all day about this today. If he's got to go, he's got to go and and we'll figure this out. I think but, we got a good window here and I just want you to know that you're my family too, Andy. So I was got to make oh, time wow, for you I somehow. I appreciate that. I, well, I mean, Liv, Liv has the best birthday in the world. So <laughs> she does. <laughs> all right. We are going to preview this championship game. This is, this is the stars matter bowl. This is the game you've been waiting for Ari the two top-ranked teams in the 24-7 sports talent composite, the most talented teams in the country, proof positive that stars matter because these two teams are playing for the national title. But we're also going to go through our prop bets for the game because they don't really release prop bet sheets for the college football national title game. They do it for the Super Bowl. But we've got we've got some based on you know years of watching college football telecasts and and our colleagues have chimed in and we have some incredible props that you know hopefully some some casino will pick up some offshore sports book will pick up yeah you'll get an email in your inbox tomorrow saying uh who's going to be the head coach at alabama in 13 years and it'll be a bunch of names that don't make sense and uh, we can take a screenshot of it and put it on twitter and make people think they're real bets all right, before we get to the props, let's talk about the game itself. They've played this game. These two teams played each other about a month ago. Georgia was favored. Alabama kicked the crap out of Georgia. We've gone over and over what happened there. Ari and I both picked Georgia to win. We both swore after the game we will never, ever pick against Nick Saban again. And are. I intend to honor that pledge. I don't know how you feel about that, Ari, but I intend to honor it. I'm waffling. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Vegas installs Georgia as a favorite on New Year's Eve, and all of a sudden you're you're just going back on your word. It's a new year, new me. I, I don't know. I I don't know that I feel great about Alabama winning the game. Um, and I think that I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that most of the action is going towards Alabama because people are sane, and the line's not moving at all. So I am very curious because like. I, I covered the Alabama Cincinnati game, Andy, and I know that they mm-hmm. sucked the soul out of Cincinnati and it was never really a contest, but like, I just don't think this is one of the better versions of Alabama that Saban has had. 
Like they're a really it's good not. football team, obviously. Except for that game against Georgia and the game against Ole Miss, where they were nearly perfect. I don't know if this team can do it twice. I'm I'm not gonna pick like here's the thing. I am gonna pick Georgia. Okay, I'm gonna do it right now on this podcast, five minutes in. You wanna know why? Welcher. You wanna know why? Because both of us got made fun of incessantly at the beginning of the year before the game started for picking Georgia to win the national championship and everybody making the 1980 jokes and laughing. I actually picked this very scenario. I I said, I'm not Georgia loses to Alabama in the national in the sec title game and beats them in the national title game. But I'm not picking his Nick Saban. Now I I am going back on my preseason pick. (laughs) I would rather lose being wrong with a preseason projection than waffling and then being wrong after waffling. Like, I think I would, I think I'd rather be wrong on, being one game short of what I thought would happen than just pick from scratch like everybody else right now. So I'm going to just stick with my preseason prediction. I think Georgia, it's, it's, it's a really hard thing because Georgia did to Michigan what they did to most of the teams on their schedule this year. And like I said, after the game was over, I think that Michigan is far more uh, similar to a middle tier SEC team than they are to Alabama. So I don't want to overreact and, did you just, just call Michigan Kentucky? I think Michigan is closer to Kentucky than they are to Bama. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you after seeing what I saw in the Orange Bowl, but I here's my thing. And, and again, I said it. I swore it on this podcast. We had we're idiots running across the bottom of the screen because we are. I'm not picking against Nick Saban. So just call me Mr. Scattered, Covered, Smothered, and Chunked, and Topped because I am Waffle House right now. I am waffling on my preseason pick. I am picking Alabama to win. I'm but wouldn't it feel so much better to nail your preseason pick in the perfect scenario? Like, just go down I'm with the shit. I'm tired of everybody laughing at me for doing the dumb thing of picking against Nick Saban, though. I'll take it. I'll take the burden of being laughed at on this podcast, Andy. Uh, somebody has to be laughed at. Yeah, because I've I've never been laughed at on this podcast. I know. Never. And you you bet on Pitt again, and everybody was laughing at you. You would think you'd, that would be calloused by now. Like, you'd be fine. It's, it's still pretty raw from the SEC championship game. That was <laughs> shocking. Shocking how badly they beat Georgia. And and so I wrote about that this week. I said, you know, I went back and looked at the the video of that that game, every Alabama offensive snap versus the Georgia defense, and then all the, the games that Alabama had trouble, and then all the games that Georgia had played defensively and, and, and what they were doing. And the best theory I can come up with is Georgia said, all of this stuff that worked all season and worked brilliantly, we're just going to try that because we're playing with house money. And if it doesn't work, let's not show them anything just in case we got to see them again. That's the only theory I can come up with because they did not, they, they elected not to do any of the things that bothered Alabama's offense all year when they clearly have the talent to do it. My uh, dream scenario. And I said this on a podcast with you in September, um, Oh, no, I don't know if it was September. It was definitely in the middle of the year. Uh, was Georgia and Alabama facing off in the national championship game. Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels being a storyline heading into that game. Stetson Bennett getting the start. Stetson Bennett not playing very well in the first half. Uh, Kirby Smart putting in JT Daniels into the game. And then JT Daniels torching Alabama's defense in the second half to lead them to the national championship. Like, would that not be the most amazing outcome in the history of outcomes? Like, because like, obviously, it would complete the circle. Wouldn't life it? is it's a circle. <laughs> life yeah. is a circle, and I don't know. Like, JT Daniels isn't uh, um, Tua, but like, poetic justice, well, right? Like that would he be. He had cool. the same. He had the same recruiting hype as Tua. Oh yeah, they got the stars. So, so I mean, they 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 matter clearly, unless unless Stetson leads Georgia to a national title. So here here's the thing. Yeah, based, That's the thing that scares on, me, not to interrupt you, but if we yeah, go back go in time and do the last five national champion quarterbacks, I think they're all NFL starters, if I'm not mistaken. If you it's all you go back to Jake Coker. Jake Coker is the last one who's not. And that was 16. That was 15. That was 15? 2015 Alabama. Derrick Henry, OJ Howard, Kenyon Drake. <laughs> Pretty awesome team. Calvin Ridley. I'm trying to. Re- I'm just trying to remember. I think the last five 
national championship winning quarterbacks or NFL starters now? Well, it's it's Deshaun Watson, it's okay. Tua, it's Trevor Lawrence, it's Joe Burrow, and it's Mac Jones. So yes. Yeah, and the one person who got I mean Deshaun the, isn't now, but he was. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, you know, he led of the NFL the caliber passing. of it. Yes. Yeah. And the one that got benched at halftime of the Alabama game is also Georgia, a starting also quarterback NFL in the NFL. starter. So um I don't know. That's the one thing that scares me that scares me. I don't know if a former walk-on can do it. And I know that Baker Mayfield and, did it. And, and Bryce it. Young is an NFL starting quarterback. That's, that's right. That's right. Yes. So and, and obviously the have we seen Georgia win a, a game this year that wasn't just completely demoralizing the opposing offense to the point where it's pointless? Like has Georgia ever had to win no. a game they ha- where they, they have are not going had to play score to score? They haven't played that game and they haven't won that game. And I'm really talking myself out of it again. Like I think Alabama's the play here. All right, let me let me let I, me give you a tip to make you feel better. Please. If you see all right, let's say Alabama gets the opening kickoff, they line up for their first play. If you see Georgia put six guys on the line of scrimmage in the box, whether they're going to rush, they're 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 probably not bringing six. They're probably only bringing four. But they're not letting Bryce Young know who's coming. Basically, they're they're trying to confuse him and the offensive line as to who's coming. If you see them do that, you should feel pretty good because that is what LSU did. It's what Texas A&M did. It's what Auburn did. And it bothered the hell out of Alabama's offensive line. And it bothered the hell out of Bryce Young. Georgia did not do that at all in the first meeting at all. But if they do that and and it's look, every defense has packages like that. It's not like they, they are doing something that their players have never done or incapable of doing. It's something your players are very capable of doing. It will bother them, and Alabama will not score the way they did in that game. Now, here's the thing. That doesn't mean Georgia's going to outscore Alabama in the game because that will depend on how well Georgia's offense and Alabama's defense play. And the first time around, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that great for Georgia. How many points does Georgia have to win for you, like to, if I gave them to you right now to before score? the game? How many do they have to score to win the game in your mind? 31? No. I I here's the thing. I think they can they can score 25 and win because the only way they win is if they hold Alabama's offense down. And this this is a problem. And this is cuz they're again, incapable of scoring at that level. Why I'm picking Nick Saban again. Nick Saban can beat you however you want to play him. Kirby Smart has yet to figure out how to do that. The moment Kirby Smart figures that out, he will win a national championship. And maybe that's Monday night. But he has yet to do that. I think that what you could say here is that Alabama has won in every possible way this year, and Georgia's only won in one way. And and, and over the years, in games like this, they've won in every possible way. I mean, Alabama beat Cincinnati the way that Georgia beats teams, right? Sucking the life out of the offense, mm-hmm. opposing offense. They beat Ole Miss like that. They beat they beat Ole Miss um 42 to 21, one of their better wins. They've the, uh, the 21 points was garbage time though. They they sucked their souls out. But they they beat LSU and Auburn in two of the ugliest games you've ever seen. The Florida game, they they started out strong and then nearly choked it away mm-hmm. at the end. So they they have been through you know, at Texas A&M. Texas A&M leads for most of the game. Alabama storms back, take the takes the lead, and then A&M goes down the field and wins the game. Like so they have they've lost a heartbreaker and they have won in every conceivable way. And that's and, right. And Nick Saban has coached every conceivable kind of win in a national championship. And you can go into the game, and if you say the final score is 52 to 51, the winner of that game would be Alabama. Alabama, yeah. If you go and say it's 25 to 26, you could say that Alabama could win that game. Georgia could win that game, but Alabama could win that game. Alabama could also win 49 to 20. Um, there are, in any possible way that you could come up with, I, I feel like you would you would want to see Alabama. But the one thing I know that won't happen is Georgia's not going to win 49 to 44. I, I yeah, and and if they do, I'm happy to admit we're wrong. Yeah, and Georgia fans, if if they do, congratulations because this was the first of a few. Like they're gonna keep coming because it means that that Kirby's evolved and 
what he's been saying, the seeds he's been planting offensively uh, with Todd Munkin and, and the, the kind of players they've been recruiting that it does. And then here's the thing. Georgia's receiving core is going to be the healthiest it's been all season. Still not. You don't get 100% George Pickens. It's still not perfect. Do you see that play with, with this, Dax, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. George Pickens is a, is a freak. I mean, if he's reasonably healthy, he's dangerous. Brock Bowers, I know he's dealing with an injury, but he seems like a gamer. Like, he seems always ready to play. I love the way they use James Cook in the Michigan game. I think that that's they need to use the backs in, in different way. They use Kenny McIntosh a little bit different way too. So I think I think Georgia will play better against Alabama this game. I think I'm just not well, sure it's going to be enough to win. The the over under of the game is fifty two, and I think that that means that Vegas is expecting a twenty seven to 24, 28, 24 type game. So yeah, I think that, that bodes well. I mean, I I feel like that's the only over under it could be if you're going to favor Georgia. You it, couldn't you right, couldn't make exactly. Georgia yeah, the favorite and then make it seventy seven. You know what I mean? Like it's right. So I and, mean, and it it's all, unrealistic to think that Georgia will just completely annihilate Alabama's offense. Like they're going to score some points. Okay, even if Georgia has a great day defensively, Alabama's going to score some points. We'll be right back after these words. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I know that you like having me on the show because I like to say what I feel, and sometimes people think it's hot takes, but I truly believe it. 100%. I got a few things for you. If Kirby Smart wins on Monday, Mm -hmm. is he automatically, without question, no debate, the second best college coach in America? I mean, in terms of a threat to to play for and win national titles. Who would you hire if you couldn't get Nick Saban, but you can get anybody else to lead your program? I think you get Kirby. Would you put Kirby on the West Coast? Do you think that that translates? Yes. You you put Kirby anywhere, he translates. Okay. Because he knows what a good player looks like, and he knows how to go get him. I agree with you. Kirby's smart to me. I I think he would hop Dabo. Yeah, but only only because Dabo does not seem to be adjusting as well to the new environment, to the new world. And what's the if number Dabble one pop- sin of a coach not being able to adjust like da- and adapt? Well, yeah, I mean, Nick Saban has exposed every coach who wouldn't, basically. Because he's been so good at doing it. Right, because he's better than all, all of them at it. And so, no, if Dabo pulls some dudes out of the transfer portal and suddenly they're in the playoff again, then, then Dabo's right back up there. But... You know, Clemson offered yeah. some guy in a transfer portal this week, and it was like huge news to the Clemson people. It is. I mean, we knew it was coming. Uh, yeah, great, you know, Grace Rayner, who does a great job yeah. covering Clemson for us, has been telling us all year, it's coming. They're going to take transfers. But it is shocking when you finally see it. Yeah. So, But yeah, I think, I think Kirby would be... Do you want to hear Kirby the second half of the hot take? Yeah, let's see it. So you have Nick Saban, who is the undeniable goat of coaching in the college Mm -hmm. realm, right? Right. Then you have the second tier. Mm -hmm. The second tier of Dabo Sweeney, Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley, and all those guys. I feel like they're all kind of similar. Like, I don't know. Maybe Dabo would be third, right? Because he's won two championships, and you can't take recency bias and extrapolate it into him not earning that route or that, that key but who is going to take over the game of college football from a coaching standpoint when Nick Saban decides he doesn't want to win a championship every year? 
Cause like, I don't know if there's an undeniable answer outside of Kirby smart right now of just like, which coach is going to rule the world when the King leaves, you know? Well, and that, that that's the thing. I wrote this when Kirby got the Georgia job. If he's the guy, he's the one that can rule college football for the next decade after Nick Saban retires. Because that job allows that. But is there any other coach in the second tier that what you would give think gives him his run for his money? Or is it like undeniably obvious now because of the way he recruits? Oh, no, I, I think Ryan Day could. You, know, Ryan you don't Day have any is, questions is, about Ryan Day right now? No. Because he lost a regular season game? Because well, he lost his first regular season game as a head coach? Or Oh, you mean, do I think he's going to go to the Bears? No, I think, like, do you question his spot? You know, Bruce Feldman and Stu Mandel every year do the top 25 coaching rankings, right? And I know that's a super controversial story because it's almost impossible to do it adequately, but if I were doing that story, I would move Ryan Day down spots after this year. He lost one regular season game, Ari. He lost two. I, and I, oh, that's that's right. That's right. He lost I, I, yeah. the Oregon game and the Michigan game. Okay. So he's lost one Big Ten regular season game. One Big Ten regular season game to Michigan, which is like losing three Big Ten games. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm defensive not staff was him a spot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They could go and because here's the, the thing: if I'm going to give Kirby a pass for for some of the things that have happened, and I, I have like with the 2018 SEC, but you redo it every game, year, Andy. You redo worst. it with the newest with the newest information every yeah. year. Yeah, but I mean, Kirby as a young head coach made some mistakes. So Ryan Day is, is allotted a few mistakes as a young head coach. Like the way they handled the defensive staff this year was not perfect. It was not ideal. Not, not perfect is nice. It was a disaster. Ari, they were 11 and two. I'm not going to kill him for being 11 and two. I know, but I don't, but like Ryan Day was an unquestionable top five coach in college football before the year started. I don't know if that's true anymore in a world where we have to continually take into account what they did in the most recent season, it wasn't a good season. And in year three, you know, that's supposed to be when, when you're ascending, you know, and they were very, very much short of the mark this year. So, you know, and I'm not saying he doesn't belong on that second tier, but I'm, I'm like looking at the, the college coaching ranks and I see Nick Saban and I see everybody else. And I know that was true coming into the year, but maybe coming into the year, I might've been like, you know what? Ryan day might be number two or somebody else might be number two. Lincoln Riley might be number two. Right. And you have a bunch of guys who have won at a pretty high clip, but haven't been great, like truly elite. Great. And I think Kirby smart has a chance to do that this year. If he's able to beat Alabama this year. And by the way, if this Georgia team, the way that it's, that it's a, equipped from a talent standpoint right now can't compete with Alabama and gets her doors blown off for a second time. It's just like, you can't beat this Alabama team. Like this is the type of window that you're supposed to win it all. Remember we were talking about before the year, Georgia yeah. has the well, best. This is, pass. this is the one where the Georgia fans completely turn on Kirby. If he doesn't win it. And, and look, nothing's going to happen, which is Georgia's insane. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Perfectly happy with Kirby. He's, he's getting them there. And if you keep getting them there, you're going to break through eventually. But this is if if they don't win this one, this is when the fan base is going to go. Come on, you got you got to beat these guys at least once. Yeah, and it's it would it really sting to lose twice in a row, but like I am super high on Kirby, and obviously people will know why because I think he's a genius when it comes to acquiring talent. Um, you know, but like if I was ranking my top five coaches in America. Jimbo might be in my top five now after what they just did. And I know we're supposed I to mean, get into props and I always like veer you off the tracks and like we start talking no, about something I, else. I think that's fine. I mean, if you want to, we can, we can rank your top five coaches right now. I think Jimbo in the top five is a, is a reasonable thing because of the way they've recruited because they had that season that looked like proof of concept in 2020. Now they took a step back on the field. They still have to prove that they can, that they can develop the quarterback. I mean, he's had, he's, he's done that. He had a bunch of first round quarterbacks in a row. Jamarcus Russell, Christian Ponder, EJ Manuel, Jameis Winston, but it's been a while. So yeah, 
once he once he has another one of those with the talent he has at Texas A and M, it's a pretty scary bunch. Okay, so do you want to do it real quick, and then will you do it too with me? Sure, let's do it. You want to want to do a random coaches. ranking or or in random ranking order where we go it's not one very for random, one? but yes, we will, we will rank them. We'll just do a but like, do you want to go one for one, or do you want me to give you all five? Um. Well, since I neither of us actually came in prep for this. You you go and then I'll go and I'm, I'm gonna try to formulate my list on the fly. The good the good thing is we already know who number one is, so we don't have to talk much about that or argue yeah, about number that. One we know who number one is. Is Nick Saban? I think number two is Kirby Smart. Uh, number three, I would take Dabo Sweeney. Okay. Number four, I'm not disagreeing with you yet. Not disagreeing with me yet, huh? Number four, I would take. I'd probably take Ryan Day. And then number five, if I was making a higher right now, it would be Lincoln Riley. But I might so it consider be Jimbo. I, I might consider putting Jimbo in there. The problem with Jimbo is is that he he hasn't had very good on the field results yet. And like Lincoln Riley, who I think is going to recruit his ass off. Jimbo in has. Uh, I mean, Jimbo he has I won mean, a national title. Yeah, I know, but the 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 national championship of the old era of the old Ari, system that Florida state team would have won the playoff too. No, I know. I know. I just, it's like a, what have you done for me lately business? And what year was that? 12, 2013, 13, um, Lincoln Riley to me, like if I, the way I approached it and let me just explain it before you do it is if I got to pick who I wanted to start my program around from scratch, I think I might rather have Lincoln Riley because he's more of, of a uh, sexy face to a program. And Jimbo Fisher is doing what he's doing in an incredible So you're clip. taking Lincoln Riley because he's hotter than Jimbo Fisher. I, I got you. Okay. Yeah, physically. Thank God Cliff Kingsbury left college. Watch out, Nick Saban. No, I also think that USC is more more built for sustained success right now, just because their path is easier than AM. And I need to see AM recruit this class more than once in order to be a hundred percent on board. And you know, they lose four games too much for me to go all in, I think. But I think you also could make the case, if we were doing the, you know, this ranking, that I would move Lincoln Riley and um uh, Jimbo up and maybe put Ryan Day in the sixth spot. Like if we like really wanted to get into the weeds a little bit from the way that things have gone this year. But if Texas A&M had a better on the field season this year, that's undoubtedly what I would do. But I still think that Ryan day deserves a spot in the top four. I think that's fine. And again, I was defending Ryan day just now Yeah, because I might've taken and, and Ryan day talked, too in September though. We talked about this a little while ago. Like Ryan day did not, when Ryan day took the job at Ohio state, the offensive coordinator job to work for urban Meyer, the idea of being the head coach at Ohio State probably never even crossed his mind. And yet here he is. Like, so this is a guy who's been thrust into this role, and I think he's done really well with it. Here's my so, here's my problem with with Ryan Day, and my problem to a kind of the same extent with Lincoln Riley, and maybe not so much with Jimbo, is that when you want to hire coaches to build your program around from scratch. You want to go get guys who have built a program. You know, Nick Saban goes without saying. Dabo Sweeney, I think you could make the case, has done the most impressive job of any active coach in America building a program and evolving it into, you know, something that is is truly elite. Um, you know, Jimbo Fisher has built Texas A&M to what it is to, you know, sign maybe the best class of all time. And, you know, Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day are guys who, took over elite level coaching positions from, from legendary head coaches who had the car built. And I think Lincoln Riley, you could probably make the case that Lincoln Riley enhanced Oklahoma a little bit more than Ryan day enhanced Ohio state. Well, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley absolutely made Oklahoma better. I don't, yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. Now, did he, did he bring it all the way? Cause like Bob Stoops took over a, a talented Oklahoma program. Remember John Blake could, uh, could recruit, but didn't didn't coach particularly well, uh, and and then took it all the way in, in year two. Lincoln Riley never got it all the way, so I think that that's the knock against him. But he'll get his chance at USC. He'll have every opportunity at USC to do that. Yeah. Okay. I want to hear yours. 
I, I don't think mine would be any different than yours. I think, I, I think I'd have Jimbo at number five ahead of Lincoln because he's built the kind of roster that he needs to win in the SEC, which if you can win the SEC, you can win the national title. Uh, Lincoln hasn't done that yet. I think Lincoln will be able to do it, but I understand wanting to see it first. Like yeah, I think I mean, USC it's, it's, certainly has everything in place to sign 10 top 100 players next year in the 23 class. I think they already have three or four committed in 23. They're off to a good start. So, um, Okay. And who knows? They might get a transfer who's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb Williams. You, you, I, you I, saw I, the... Have you seen, you saw the theory? I think message board geniuses posted this from from somebody on a USC message board that said, you know, all these transfer quarterbacks are going to, to where their girlfriends go to school. I saw like that Adrian Martinez did it, Keaton Slovis did it, and then somebody pointed out that Caleb Williams' girlfriend goes to North Carolina. <laughs> I know, and I saw like all the all the like investigations into the into the poor girl's social media to see how many most recent times yeah. uh, she posted <laughs> Caleb and she's pictures. Like, she, she's getting so much traffic on her Instagram feed. She's like, what are, what's going on here? Why are yeah. these people bothering me about this? Where would you go if you were Caleb Williams? I go to Georgia. If Georgia has a spot, I think it's unquestionably and Georgia. I, and I'd announce on Tuesday. I wouldn't announce before Monday. Yeah, I... Uh, I think it's unquestionably Georgia, but I also think that here's the thing. Every single program that you would consider has guys in it already or guys coming in. Yes. So, yeah, you just have to expect no that. matter who he picks, he's going to have to the coach of the team that he picks is going to have to uh, um, understand that there's going to be some really young talent that's going to get kind of thrown to the wayside. I mean, Clemson's got Cade Klubnik coming in. And MS Connor Wegman coming in. LSU's got Garrett Nussmeyer. Okay, well, all right. So hey, US, here's one, and I don't, I don't think this is the case. It but Georgia, sound like but, this let is me the finish case. real quick though, because Georgia okay. has Brock Vandegrift and Gunnar Stockton either on the That's roster true. coming in, and also two USC tremendous has quarterback names. Yes, and Jackson Dart, which is the best quarterback name out of all of them at USC. So if these are the five schools that we're that we're trying to come up with is like natural landing spots. They all have really good young quarterbacks either on the roster or coming in. And the thing that I thought was funny is, did you see the Eastern Michigan thing? I did. million bucks. I'd do it. I'd go play there for a year. Take a million. Except Caleb Williams could probably make more somewhere else. That's that's the only drawback. I don't know. If somebody's going to reach into their bag and write you a check for a mil, that's a little bit different than I think than hustling to try to figure out what NIL deals are the best. Well, that's an NIL deal, too. It's No, an, I know. But like I if somebody's just... Listen, if somebody's doing that for Eastern Michigan, what do you think they're doing for USC or for Georgia or for any of these other schools we're talking about? I think you can make the case that Eastern Michigan would want, like need it more. Well, of course they would. They no, 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 no. I'm oh, saying no. like if you were a booster say, for Eastern Chris Michigan, you've done a really good job there because that place was a graveyard. Yeah, I I would just go take. The, I'd take the mill. How did we get? From the national title game to Ypsilanti, Michigan. How do uh, we do this, Ari? You, uh, you had you wanted me on, man. This is your this is your mess up. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It is time for prop bets. We are going to have some props. This is... uh, they don't. They do this for the Super Bowl. Like they, they, they tell you, okay, length of the national anthem. You can bet on that. You can bet on who wins the coin toss. Who wins? The, who scores the first touchdown? I don't know how much action they're going to take on some of the college stuff, but I hope some offshore book picks this stuff up. Uh, Ari, I looked at the national anthem singers. She's not somebody I recognize. Her last name is Grant. She's a gospel singer. Last name Grant. Not related to Amy Grant though. No, no relation. Um, but I don't know if she, you know, is a, you know, kind of a, does a lot of runs or if there's a chance that she could go into Marvin Gaye length territory for, for the national anthem. So we're not going to do that. You know, we're going to want to hear from some funny. more fun props. What's that? You know how we're um, verified on social media because we're sports writers. Correct. Well, I'm also verified on Instagram for some reason. And I think really? that when you're, when you're verified, um, other verified people get notified when you message them. Whereas if you're famous and a million people that aren't verified message you, you don't see it. But if, if you, another verified person messages you and notifies your phone. Anyway, I I think Instagram, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. I did this. It was like years ago, back at my old job. Um, back when I was single and I thought I would impress ladies. I think lady Gaga was the performer who was singing mm-hmm. the national anthem for the Super Bowl a few years ago. And I messaged her on Instagram. And I was like, hey, uh, Lady Gaga, can you let me know how long you plan to sing for the national anthem? And she actually <laughs> saw the message. <laughs> wow. Lady like, Gaga read your message. <laughs> and I, I wonder if she laughed at it because I thought to myself, like, if she knew, like, do you think a performer actually knows how long they're going to go? Yes, because like they, 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 they do rehearse it. Like, and a lot of time. Because like the the Whitney Houston at Tampa Stadium for the Super Bowl between the Giants and the Bills one that's so famous, she recorded it the day before and then lip synced it before the game. It was a it was a live performance that she lip synced. If that makes sense. So I mean that was in the can. So somebody somebody knew exactly how long it was. Did you talk about like the Chicago Black Sox of national anthem rigging? It could be done. If she would have responded, I would have bet anything. Yeah. Huh. That would have been amazing. And she could have been just messing with you. That would be like, Ari, my national anthem is going to go five minutes. (laughs) And you would have been like, over, over, over. Um, Okay, Andy, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Go ahead. Oh, please. Interrupt away. All right. We're going to start off with one from our very own Stuart Mandel. This one's tough. I think he picked a good number here. Mentions of 1980 over under 17. What's the real over under 17? 17. Under. Under? Listen, Ari, if they get close, because this also counts if they, if they, every single time they utter the phrase 1980. If they yeah, if they go to a poster in the crowd that mentions 1980, that counts too. So oh okay, I still also, think I'm going to go under. The but poster if blown, might be making fun of Georgia as well. Yeah, but if you're blown out, they also might bring it up a lot too. Ooh, I think I think this is a pretty good number. I think I think that you automatically get one in the pregame show. Like oh, as, you get at the, least one and probably two or three. Seventeen's uh, a lot. I'm gonna take. Are you keeping track of these? Because I want to actually follow them as we as we go. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going I, under. I, I, we're keeping track of them, and we're actually gonna do a written story with all of these in there. So yes, we will keep track of them during the game if okay. we can. We'll see. I mean, I some of our more dedicated listeners may wind up keeping track of them during the game. That's what. We, we need the listeners who will do that. When we say something incredibly stupid on the air, that they will do the math for us. Because if you've been listening to the show long enough, none of us can do math anyway. You know that. So 
do you really want us counting something that might make or cost you money? I'd say no. I'd say let the smarter listeners handle that. All right. Most of these are very Georgia-based, I have to, I have to admit, but that's okay. Bruce, you didn't give me an uh, Bruce answer. Feldman, Bruce Feldman. Did you go over under camera, 17? I go over. Oh, okay. Bruce Feldman, camera cuts to JT Daniels, over under three. Hammer the over. over. Yeah. Hammer over. the over. That, they, that, you could hit the over with one in one timeout. One drive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that that number's way too low. Yes. Yeah, over. Hammer the over. Okay, that's a good one. All right, here's here's one. We got a money line here. Nick Saban smiles plus 1000. Nick Saban has smiled exactly once during all of the national title games that he's coached. And that's a lot. You're talking about a man who got mad that he missed out on a week of recruiting because he had to play in the championship game. <laughs> the one time he smiled, the one time was when he popped that onside kick against Clemson in the national title game in, in Glendale after the, the 2015 season. That's it, once. I think so that, if, if he I smiles, think, something amazing just happened. I think that I will take Moneyline, yes, because that's good value. It's great value. I'll take yes. 10 to throw, 1 on that. Throw, throw 20 bucks on that. Yeah, because he actually has seemed a little bit more... I don't know what the word is, but a little bit more oh, he's playful chill. this he's, year. He's yeah, been yeah. chill. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good number, ten to one. Yeah, that's uh, by the way, Sam Khan, our tech expert with that one. I did love that one. Here's here's a here's a good one. This is this is Scott Docterman, our Iowa beat writer. Saint Elmo's Steakhouse conversational mentions over under one point five. This is tricky because if you get a boring game, the over will hit easily. But if you get a barn burner, somebody might mention strip cocktail once, but it ain't coming. They're not coming back. I'm going under. I'm going over. I am going over. So let me ask you this. If the announcers are talking about it and they both mention it, it's still... It's like one. That's one mention. That's right. one mention. Separate, okay. Yeah. Under. Yeah. As as Scott said, separate conversational mentions. So, it it has to be in the context of a of separate conversations. Okay. Under. One. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> you hit. You went over. So, I am. I am going to go over on this one. I, I think they'll figure it out. All right. Here. Here from our Florida beat writer Alan Taylor. Mispronunciations of toe toe. 1.5 over under. If you think it's going to hit one, then it'll hit two. I'm going to go under because this is this is Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet. Uh, this is the this is the A crew. These guys have done their homework. Yeah, they will pronounce Henry Toto's name perfectly. You're probably right. All right, this one's this one's one of mine. Matt Corral will guest star in the video that Katy Perry is dropping at halftime, plus 900. She's expressed her affection. She also liked Trevor Knight, though. He never made it in a video. I'm going to say no on this one. All right. That's a good one. (laughs) That is a good one. Listen, so they're not doing the live performance. The... The Imagine Dragons performance was so widely panned that this was in 2000. This was the game, the LSU Clemson game, I believe. And that Imagine Dragons performance got destroyed. So I think they decided they didn't want to do it again. Oh, no, no. Sorry. LSU and Clemson, they had the bands perform because Imagine Dragons had been so heavily pilloried. (laughs) All right, let's see what else we got. I'll have to figure out who said this to give it proper credit, but mentions that Stetson Bennett mimicked Baker Mayfield in the Rose Bowl over under 1.5. Under. Really? You think that only gets mentioned once, Mm -hmm. if at all? 
if at all. See, I think they're going to get that. Uh, and then Seth Emerson also, I'll, I'll throw in this one. I don't have the, the banner for it, but uh, he, he Stetson Bennett flip phone mentions over under 3.5. I think that's going to go under. Yeah, that's under. Um, I had um, over under minutes discussing Tua's entry into the national championship game the last two times they played. And I and my minutes Bats. was... F- What's that? Over which what, over under minutes spent minutes? discussing that. Okay, how many minutes? And I said five, but I think that's high. I'm going to say three. Three minutes of television time of television talking time is. They're discussing of time. the scenario and like reminiscing about it, but also yeah, theorizing yeah, about what game. Could, yeah during. A I game. might go under that, but mentions of two like if you go to mentions of Tua entering the game at halftime. See, here's the thing. Let's say any quarterback gets hurt and has to be subbed for. They'll go, yeah, that's what you're betting on. They'll go off the charts. Yes. Or so, if Stetson Bennett has a truly awful game in the first half. Right. And, and Georgia really needs in. a spark. Remember, blah, 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 blah. And the next thing you know, you're oh, off yeah. the races. Yeah. Does the halftime, does the halftime analysis count? For that, you know, I think around it does. the Katy Perry vi- video when Kevin Nagandi and them are talking, I think it like, does. I think it's part too. of the national championship okay. broadcast. Okay, all right. It's like overtime counts for overs. Bruce Feldman, Times Ari will tweet Stars Matter on Monday night. Over under eleven point five. <laughs> over. I agree. I it, it, and if we if we just make the entirety of Monday like. Midnight to 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 eleven fifty nine p.m. local time. I think I think it but, definitely goes over. But you need to be. I'm not going to tweet the phrase "stars matter" eleven and a half times. But if I reference somebody who made a play, or I take a screenshot of a recruiting profile, or mention a player's ranking, I think that that counts. Oh, I think so too. I think so too. All right. This one from John Hayes, our uh, our executive producer here at the podcast. NFL wild card Monday night promos over under 25. This is hitting the over, Ari. Over, yeah. Because ESPN's never had a playoff game, right? This is their first playoff, NFL playoff game that they'll be broadcasting. They will promote the hell out of this. And, and it's, and and it's anything that comes on the it. screen, right? Yes, it's like, a, yeah, they put a card up. If they put a, if it if it runs across the bottom line, does that count? Because they're going to have that on the bottom line a few times. I don't know if the bottom line counts. Okay, because they're 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 trying to train people that this is going to, this is going to be a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've got a every time they come in and out of a, of a commercial break, they're going to have something. I think. I would agree. Or, or not every time, but almost every, or or it will be a kind of a placeholder ad, or like they call them house ads. Yeah. But if like, you need, if they need like a 10 second stinger in between the Somebody's ads down and the, for a and minute and, you know, yeah. an unexpected timeout. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Jason Sterrett, or no, Sue, this is Doctorman again. This is Scott Doctorman. Times second and 26 gets mentioned over under. 26 <laughs> under, but I wonder if the actual over under of, of that would be three and a half. I'd probably take the over. I it would, I would absolutely take the over on three and a half. 26 is a lot, <sighs> but it, you don't have to say much like, cause you can, you can throw that in there. Cause if you say two to Devonte Smith, if you say, Game-winning touchdown, heartbroken coverage, but like, it, think of all the different scenarios. Okay, yeah, okay, I get you. If there's a coverage bust, they're going to mention second. Twenty-six is going to be an under for me, though. All right, all right. I, I realize Scott probably is joking there, but here's another good Alan Taylor one. Will Anderson, Derek Thomas comparisons over under two and a half. Over. I think that's going over too. Yeah, I mean these are funny because yeah, because Alabama's had some some 
Alabama's not really been known in the Saban era for for its pass rushers, uh, but Derek Thomas, obviously former Alabama player, one of the greatest pass rushers of all time, and then and then Will Anderson just put together one of the greatest pass rushing seasons of all time. I don't think we so, have a banner for this one because I just made it up, Andy. But how many times do you think they'll mention Bryce Young's Heisman? Oh, twenty at least. I don't have a banner for this one either, but number of times the camera catches, catches Kirby Smart dropping a lip-readable F-bomb. Over under nine. <laughs> under. I think, you, I think you could get a good tirade and get halfway home. Like, yeah, yeah, all it would take is one bad call. If there's a busted coverage in the first quarter, you may be halfway there. That's, yeah. that's the only issue there. Yeah, that's funny. These are all, all really right. funny. These are great. I would, you know, uh, if we, if I had a sports book, I'd take action on these. Unfortunately, that probably wouldn't be allowed to do my job if I if I did also own a sports book. So, uh, all right, we've now come to the time when we must say it, and you've you've said it mostly, but I want you to tell me who will win and what will the final score be. Georgia 28, Alabama 24, national championship for the first time since 1980. I'm sticking with my pick from the beginning of the year. Does that count as one 1980 mention for her over-under? That's why I said. All right. Okay. Alabama 31, Georgia 27. I'm not betting against Nick Saban again. I have sworn I won't. I will keep my promise because one of us keeps his promises. Yeah, it's clearly you. Clearly, obviously. I'm happy that you have faith. When I say it, you can take it to the bank, except for when I picked Georgia to win the national title at the beginning of the season. You should be thankful that there's somebody who's willing to stick their neck out for the the sake of this podcast. If Georgia wins this game... Do you think I'm not going to trot out my preseason prediction over that's and over bullshit. again? And be like, see, I was right. Look <laughs> you at that. You can't do that. What, so you're, that's called double dipping. You're double dipping. It's called being a complete hypocrite. I don't care. <laughs> I want to. I want to be. I want to be purely right from start to finish. It's really hard to pick the national champion, especially one that I plays appre- in the same conference as Alabama. I appreciate your integrity, Ari. I appreciate yeah. that you you will not deviate, even though we were made fools of. On the day of the SEC championship game. You know what? If Nick Saban makes a fool of me again, then I'm fine if Nick Saban makes a fool of me. He makes a fool of everyone. Because it's very easy to say I'm an idiot. Saban's God. That's listen. He makes a fool. He makes fools of us all. It's a universal truth of college football. Enjoy the game, everybody. I'll talk to you afterwards.